So what if I just <laughs> supported other people, promoted other people, promoted unity just through a good conversation, even if I disagree with the person, mm -hmm. and even if my listeners might not agree with the person, and that way we can see there's a lot more that unifies us in our faith, even though we can disagree, and even though we can have grounds to disagree, there are things that unify us in our faith, and we don't have to make everything about the disagreement. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Him Partial, the podcast where we talk all things church music. I'm Cara Devereaux. And I'm Monet Funke. And today we are talking with special guest, host of the Theology of Music podcast, Mr. Joel Archiri. We will be talking about the state of modern music, how we got here, and if there is hope for the future. You might be surprised where we agree. Stick around to find out. But first, we have a favor to ask. If you're a regular listener to our podcast, would you do us a huge favor and consider leaving a five-star review for us on Apple Podcasts? It really helps grow our exposure to folks like you who maybe have never heard of our show, but would be eager to listen and would benefit from it. Also consider signing up for our free weekly newsletter or supporting this podcast financially on Ko-fi. Links for the newsletter and our Ko-fi page can be found at himpartial.com or a link in the description. So head over to himpartial.com and consider supporting this podcast today. So we have a really fun guest on today. As we said in the intro, his name is Joel Archiri. Um, we had a really wide and varied discussion sort of centered around the state of modern music. And I think what I really appreciated about the conversation is just how much Joel owns his opinion you know it was uh very much the like sorry not sorry hashtag um which is refreshing and great um there's lots of things that we agree on some things that we kind of just dug a little bit deeper on uh that i don't know i don't know if we had huge disagreements with him but we definitely enjoyed his take on all things modern music yes um Joel is very easy to speak to. He's a great yeah. guy. He's really fun to talk to. So we've been wanting to have him on the podcast for a while. We're for glad ages, that yeah. we finally got to do that. One of the things I really appreciate about his perspective is that he has been a worship pastor, but he has also been, you know, your everyday person in the pews. And so having seen things from both sides, he has kind of quite a, a well-rounded understanding of how it all works and how it should all be done. Yeah, definitely. And it's really great to get a perspective from someone who is not in our current uh, context here in Scotland. Mm. So I think you'll really enjoy it. Without further ado, here's the interview. Our next guest is the host of the Theology of Music podcast, Mr. Joel Archieri. Welcome to the show. Thank you, ladies, for having me. It's it's an honor to be here. Podcasts. Uh, it's, I totally am sorry that you guys are, as you said, you're under weather. I'll be praying that you better, but I like the idea of it being a little bit more, oh, you, you don't know what you're going to get. It's just, it's more fun that way. You know how it is with guests. Sometimes when they go a little off the rate, off the cuff, you're like, oh, all right, here we go. So I'm, I'm totally down for this. Thanks for having me on. Yes, yes. You, you were very kind. You invited us onto your podcast a few months back. Um, I don't know why we're, we're nobody, <laughs> but you had us on and that was great fun. So we definitely had to have you on our, on our podcast. Um, but for our listeners who 
don't really know what's going on, why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast and how you got started, how it's going, what's, what it's all about? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you guys are actually a great, great time and you are not nobody. You can't say you're nobody when you have Matt Bowswell and Keith Getty on the on, stop it. Um, Still nobody. <laughs> no, so I I started the podcast um, as a almost like a kid taking his ball and leaving the the courtyard because I had started this whole thing when I was back in ministry called the Theology Music Video Series and I spent mm -hmm. way too much time video recording um, and then editing it and syncing up audio and video multiple angles of a camera like three of them like DSLRs one was going like moving back and forth at a set pace it was just it was nuts they're they're actually on youtube and they're pretty but it was um <laughs> it was this whole thing that i was trying to do when i was in ministry which was air my congregation for sunday morning because hmm. you know when you're a worship pastor you there's so many things you're thinking about you're you're thinking about the music you're thinking about the team you're thinking about your church thinking about your pastor and one of the things you do know, at least I think as, as you get more mature as a worship pastor, you start to realize that there's a disconnect between what your congregation is doing during the week and then what's happening on Sunday morning. Like, does anyone really prepare? Hmm. Would they prepare if they knew? Should there be more resources available to them to prepare? And then how, how could you prepare, right? What's a resource you could offer? Yeah. And, you know, pastors and other people will say, here's the sermon here's this text for this week right you have reading plans my church does a reading plan to kind of like build up to whether it's the sermon the text from the sermon or things that they might reference uh scripture they might reference they do a reading mm -hmm. plan and all week it's building up to the the, the sermon on sunday right so some churches will wow, do that that's great. it's a great idea then, yeah it's awesome fantastic it's really <laughs> cool but um but some some worship pastors uh, might feel the tension of okay well i want to i want to engage in my, my congregation in a way to help them prepare for singing right and mm -hmm. so i thought about how you know you can't on a sunday morning just stop every time every song and go okay so we're to, like let's say to sing great is thy faithfulness and it's talking about the impassibility of god and the impassibility of god and his ever change his never changing nature means this and this is what it means for you in your life and you just you can't stop every song and just give a little sermonette right and so <laughs> i always wanted to unpack the doctrine in the song so i just picked one song or if it was a new song that we're introducing i picked that and then i would spent all day i think i spent like all day tuesday recording editing syncing together all to make like a five to six minute video and then wow. we would post it to our, our facebook page and then our youtube and um it was great and incredible encouraging because my pastor didn't care <laughs> like Aww. i did all that work and he he could not care less there was no less cares he could give uh, and i would stop it's part of, it was part of the machine I was a part of at that church. Yeah. And what, so when I was, okay, I was, I was leaving that church to, to go try to revitalize the church up in the North. And I was like, well, one, they're not going to keep going. They're not going to keep doing it because I was the only mm -hmm. one doing this. Mm -hmm. No, there's no structure of anyone trying to keep this going, but if they wanted to, I don't want them to have it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. <laughs> and so I decided, okay, what would be a way easier way to do without having to video and edit and just to be a little bit more natural. So I just, I decided, well, what if I did this thing, but in a podcast? So mm -hmm. at the start of like, so literally um, COVID-19, you know, the two weeks to stop the curve in <laughs> the state in like March, 
and mm -hmm. we still had to go to work at church yeah <laughs> we were still going into the office at times and so i just used that extra time i started to record a bunch of episodes and i just recorded starting basically april march and april i recorded episodes with some people and some friends and elf and we i just started talking about songs and breaking down the good and bad theology and the songs we would sing yeah uh, uh and you know i of course i first talked about the blessing because that was a huge song then and Waymaker was still huge then. Mm -hmm. And so it was really easy to get people to want to listen because, you know, everyone wants to talk, talk about how bad those songs are. So it was, I, it was very I'm not trying to, this isn't a flex. I genuinely don't know what songs you're talking about. <laughs> so you've never heard the, the Lord bless you and keep you. Like loads of uh, virtual choirs were doing it over really? Zoom and cutting it together during lockdown. Yeah. Wow. Waymaker's okay. It's not terrible. No, it's not. It's just my issue with that song was um, one that they, they, I was like the the funny thing to me, and this is a hot take, was cultural appropriation. It was from mm -hmm. like uh, African American lady in like Madagascar or something, somewhere in like um, in that area, named Sinash, and um, then leaked it and made it popular. And I was like, uh. how dare you culturally appropriate that song? <laughs> How and, dare and you take it <laughs> so but the song talks about um you know he's healing every heart mm. like you are here healing every heart and i just thought about that doesn't happen every sunday don't sing that and make people expect that to happen every yeah. day so yeah that was my whole thing so anyway i was a deconstructing guy okay. i was the negative voice <laughs> and that started and so i just all through covid started doing that um had different on but it was more like i would look at a specific song with the guest Mm -hmm. um, like, you know, when I had Bob Coughlin, I went up to Delaware. We talked about his song, um, Jesus, Thank You, which I love that song. Actually, it's a great. Yeah. Song. And mm -hmm. um, we talked about that song. And then I had to take a break because I left ministry in a pretty bad way with just mm -hmm. the, the church up in Delaware. It just did not work out in a bad. And, and it was pretty break. And, you know, I needed a, some time to take off. And you guys know as podcasters, like what if you went through a really tough season? Would you? Do you think it would be really good to keep podcasting and like, unless you're being completely honest, you're going to be, yeah. you have to put some type of facade, but that wouldn't yeah. really feel genuine. So I took a break. Um, I was unemployed for a while and we moved down here. So I'm in South Carolina, moved down here on a, like just trusting the Lord. Uh, my wife had family down here. We moved in mm -hmm. with them, got a job. Yeah. Now I'm in tech and right. how is going now? Like, it's so much better because it's, it's just shifted. When I started, it was I'm taking my ball and I'm going I'm going home. I'm going to break mm -hmm. down songs, good and bad theology, but mainly just focus on the bad. Right. And it and the Lord humbled me through that experience of, you know, being let go at a church, having a bad break, having a time mm -hmm. where it's like, you know, why would I can't really do ministry right now because it's just all this stuff going on. And it's just it was a hard feeling of uh, neglect and then like hurt from churches that sent us but then you know all that so there's just all these things going on and then you know the lord was just kind of like you have to you have to stop marrying yourself to an idea of what you think you should do whether it's ministry or whatever you just like you're done you have to stop and you have to submit to to me and you have to stop making life about you and so i realized that was what i made the podcast about and so i changed my entire goal and my entire goal shifted to okay i just want to have good conversations with interesting people within our faith centered around music mm -hmm. and like because there's there's these interesting like little ecosystems now when we've yeah you guys have even seen that there's little ecosystems in the world of church music and christian music yeah. and there's theology even within all those and 
And so my, and, and I have a counseling masters, like, so I have a, I have a gifting and engaging people in difficult topics and interesting mm -hmm. conversation. And so I was like, what if I just shifted the focus from looking at a song to engaging with a guest? And then just my whole goal is to refresh them because they're going through a lot if they're in the music industry, especially Christian mm -hmm. music or podcast mm -hmm. world, right? You guys, it's a grind. So what if I just... <laughs> supported other people, promoted other people, promoted unity just through a good conversation, even if I disagree with the person. Mm -hmm. And even if my listeners might not agree with the person. And mm -hmm. that way we can see there's a lot more that unifies us in our faith, even though we can disagree. Mm -hmm. And even though we can have grounds to disagree, there are things that unify us in our faith and we don't have to make everything about the disagreement mm -hmm. or the, the negativity, right? And so yeah. that's the shift. And I think it's going, I actually saw huge bumps in just engagement from listeners and guests like Meredith mm -hmm. Andrews responded in a DM to me mm -hmm. and was like, yeah, I'd be on your podcast. But I, I really don't think a year ago that would have happened because okay. I don't think I was in the, the right mindset and heart mm -hmm. posture to really engage with her in the best way. So, yeah, long answer to me. <laughs> wow. I mean, it's a lot there that you touched on. And I think it's 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 interesting to hear kind of your story and how you came to where you are, because I think. I think a lot of folks that we meet in these circles um, and Cara will tell you, I am not like a hymn nerd. I am not like a person who has any strong opinions about like what's the best or what's the worst type of niche within Christian music. Um, but some of our listeners are that and that's fine. And I think a lot of the hymn related or, or music related podcasts that are out there they are for the hymn nerds, you know, it's like, oh, we want to, we want to cater towards folks who really love this stuff. Whereas like, we're just keen to talk to the average, you know, person in the pew mm -hmm. um, yeah. in a very similar way, obviously doing something different than what you're doing, but a similar goal to say, we just want to reach regular church folk and talk about this stuff. Um, some of it is a little bit of history. Some of it is talking about right. culture, talking through issues and controversies and stuff in relationship to music. Because I do feel like a lot of, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. I don't want to get ahead. But You're I fine. do feel like a lot of what um, our generation has experienced in the way of music has been maybe more dismissive of what church music should be and not taking it as the Lord has kind of called us to take it through scripture. Yeah, no, I bring up a great point because there's that we've conflated a lot of things and put things in the same position that may not need to be right. Whether it is, there are different natures for us, right? As a songwriter myself, like I know I was literally talking to you guys know Dave Whitcroft. I was talking to him today. We we're, we're, on a song and I literally at one point we just both said what if it was a secular Christmas song I was working on a Christmas song I've always wanted to write a, write a Christmas song <laughs> and I had a Christian leaning in the beginning but I was like this feels more like a song and this isn't to toot my own horn like oh this is a song Josh Groban would sing but it sounded <laughs> like a song Josh Gro you would hear Josh Groban singing in in like the department store right well Josh Groban's one of our listeners so he's gonna know and he's gonna <laughs> hear this he's gonna call you I'm just kidding hey Josh Hey, totally him and Celine Dion, they just, they love our podcast. They love oh, us. Man. Well, you got, yeah, of course. Who wouldn't? Um, no, but it's just, it was, but 
I think the problem is we we've conflated so much at times where we say you can't you shouldn't do that. There should be only congregational worship songs. How many of the songs in our lives have ministered us that weren't a congregational worship song? They were a Christian song, but not meant for a worship setting, right? Mm -hmm. And so we we've conflated everything a lot in our kind of bastions of of truth of this is what I believe about hymnology and this is what I believe about Christian music, right? Where we've just kind of started to throw everything into the pot and now we're trying to call like an apple and orange and an orange and apple when sometimes it really is just different. And so yeah. there's there's so much we're thinking in our generation, right? We But we, we do, like you said, we need to be sure of certain parts of, okay, so if it is a congregational worship song, this is, a mer this is the merit it should strive for, right? If it is not a congregational worship song, this is the merit that could it could strive for, right? And so I think that's been a part two where right? we came through a generation we're a generation of people who whose parents were you know very like they just came from the hymns because you really didn't have anything other than hymns until like what 30 40 years ago mm. really like what else were you singing i mean scott annual loves to say this what else were you singing before hillsong well my like, mom loved larry norman so <laughs> <laughs> there you go exactly but for the most part, most churches were singing hymns, right? And so mm. then modern music came about. And so we, of course, kind of were, were taken up in that wave of modern music and modern worship. And, and that is like you guys said in your, your Hillsong review, it's very nostalgic. It's a part of our lives, like Hosanna. Great song, part of a big part of my life as a worship leader when I was mm. growing up in worship. Like even... Jared Anderson, who wrote Rescue and Great I Am, like those were songs written around the same kind of time and vein. Uh, and they were formative in my time as a, a Christian and a worship leader. And so we we have, I think the hard part for our generation is we have so much behind us influencing what we're thinking now and what we're thinking towards the future. And it's, but it's not bad. It's like what you're saying about podcasts, right? My, like what I want to do with my podcast is be the oasis that people go to to be refreshed or, or guests go to be refreshed. And then they go back to like a podcast like yours or Sawyer's Hymnology where it's very specific or more geared towards this. It's like your podcast and other podcasts that are more specific are like a tool someone's taking with them through the desert because they're like, OK, I need this for my journey. And then I just <laughs> want to be a little oasis that people go to that say, OK, <laughs> like that was nice. But like I'm going to go back on my journey. I'm like That's fine. See ya. And I think we need to be OK with the utility of certain aspects of songs and certain aspects of our lives uh, and not conflate because that's where I think we get the problem because if if everyone can have an opinion about something like you're saying and there's not some absolute truth and we that happens when you conflate things so now then everything is now in this weird ambiguous ambigu ambiguity and now like Carr has an opinion and, and Monet has an opinion and I have opinion and it's like okay well who's is right Hmm. I think sometimes as well we forget that music has more than one use so as Christians music isn't solely for worship and don't like kill me for saying that but you know sometimes music is just for enjoyment or hmm. just because right. it's Christmas and we like Christmas music and that's okay hmm. yes hmm. It's such a good point yeah yeah, yeah but, I agree so since we're talking a bit about like our past and sort of what's behind us how would you then describe the state of modern worship music today? And, you know, do you think we're in a good place or not? And, you know, how do you think we kind of got here? I, you know, I was reading over that when you when you sent me that question. And I was just like, man. <laughs> it's a big question. It I is. It is a big one. And 
and I don't think about that often, you know, being out of worship music, it's really interesting being out of ministry, occupational ministry, you mm -hmm. realize how much less you think about things mm -hmm. or how, how more you thought about things because you were just in that world. Right. And it's, it was actually been really refreshing not being in that world anymore because I don't, mm. I think it was so easy to think, well, I have to have an opinion. Like Zach mm. Bolin from Citizens was on my podcast and we talked about how just because he was at Mars Hill and they were super reformed and Mark Driscoll had all these things. He like, he felt like he always had to say an opinion of reformness. And then he realized, oh, that's like, it was just, it was just the environment. And mm. so, so I, when you sent me that question, I'm like, dang it, I really have not thought about this. Like my <laughs> muscles of thinking about worship music have not been worked in a long time. So <laughs> no, I, I think I think the question is a really good question. Like where where are we? What's the state of it? I think we are in an we are in a good spot, but I, I also think um I think to 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 think that we can ever arrive at a spot that's gonna ultimately be perfect and fixed is it's just a little short sighted just because mm -hmm. The gap between, so let's say Matt Boswell, Keith Getty, right over here, and then over mm. here is the Hillsong Elevation, right? The gap's just going to keep getting wider, right? Mm. Because as we continue to progress as society and our means of reaching people through social media and stuff, like more people are going to be reached by that side and more people are going to be reached by this side, right? We're going to have more conferences for these people and more conferences for these people that are going to bolster and foster more of a, you're right, this is good, right? And so... So I think we're, we're in a good spot because we have a lot of people writing music still, right? Which mm -hmm. is, as, as Bob Coughlin says, we'll never run out of things to sing about Jesus mm -hmm. and the Lord. And he's right. And so I would rather have tons and tons and tons of songs and tons and tons and tons of bands and have this really oversaturation in, in the world of music because there will always be people that I think like you ladies who will then come up and say, okay, and here's stuff about this part of this genre like and it will be okay for those people to then go to you and say okay so i'm in this world of hymns and matt balls like all those kind of what, what is the term for that side i don't know because i know charismatic <laughs> pentecostal it's like what? a it's like a vibe isn't it i don't know yeah, what it is, what's, but what's there's the a word? particular vibe what, what do we use to describe the gettys and the pop and the mats and like sovereign grace i think like, i think the good and the bad go in the same category it's contemporary Christian yeah. worship music. I think that Look I think you, the good and the bad they 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 fit in the same bowl. They just only only because of the era that we're living in, not because of right. their theology. You could maybe maybe bowl is the wrong term. They're in the same table, but then you got like sectioned no, off right. over yeah. here is like the theologically sound stuff and over here is like just the right. jump up and have a good but time. But then even so. in the hard part though is yeah. Some stuff, as you guys even said in your Hillsong review, I listened to it. Listen to both. Um, we listened to yours oh, as well. We oh, did. Oh gosh, <laughs> I ended that so depressed. I, I, oh <laughs> no! Someone was like, the someone who said, "I really wanted you to keep going." I was like, "Dude, I literally couldn't." I ended oh. that. Pod you heard it. I ended the podcast like, just, uh. just, just shut your mouth. Do your research and then shut your mouth and stop acting like your voice matters. And then I just was like, all right, see ya. <laughs> oh, no. But when I listened to yours, you guys talked about like Hosanna as a song. It's a really, mm. like, uh, I would say it's a pretty theologically sound song. Mm. So that's the hard part about even statements like, well, this theologically sound, that's theologically sound. The problem mm -hmm. is 
there are there are some songs like I always point to it. Bob Coughlin says Man of Sorrows by Hillsong is the best song ever written on the cross. Uh, and he said that like three years ago. And it is mm-hmm. like it's better than the Wondrous Cross, that hymn. It's better than Chris Talman's version of the Wondrous Cross. I think some people might fight you in the street over that statement. So you better be careful. <laughs> well, he, and, I, but would, here's, I would potentially uh, fight you because I love when I survey the Wondrous Cross. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> but... but- but cor- uh, not Cornish film. What's it called? Man of Sorrows by Hillsong. Their version is actually like a really good song as well. Right, because it's the only one that talks about. So when I say when I survey the Wonders Cross, doesn't really talk about what happened through the through Christ's death on that cross. Where that's fair. like what was the what was the result for us in our faith? And that's one of the reasons why Bob Coffin says it's good because you have that bridge that says now my debt is paid is paid in full by the. Um, precious blood that my my Jesus spilled. Now the curse of sin has no hold on me. Whom the sunset free is serious indeed. And when I survey the wondrous cross, it's just like, hey, when I survey the wondrous cross where the Prince of Glory died. <laughs> it's 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 game, only that sweet if you sing it that sweetly. <laughs> like when I survey the wondrous cross. <laughs> what does it do for me? I don't know. Just I'm I'm looking at it. I'm looking at the cross. So anyway, so you guys can fight me. It's okay. I don't I'll, know I'll if we would fight you in the street, but someone might fight you in the street over that thing. We won't I mean, I, forward not me. any DMs, okay? Yes. If anybody DMs us about it, we we won't hurt your feelings. I by would love it. to hear what your guests <laughs> think after this. Like, just he, go straight to him. Don't bother us about it. He started out so nice, and then he, he had to go after when I survey the wondrous cross. But no, I, but I but you, I do want to pick up on on what you're talking about in terms of like this big table let's call it a table of contemporary music like what do we call it how do we like categorize that. it uh, uh, of course we can categorize it of course we could separate it out based on what movements they come from and and what the uh purpose of those songs are for are they for worship are they for right. entertainment are they for you know praise at home praise you know in the pulpit praise at the youth group whatever Everything has its purpose. I mean, like da- uh, Daniel, that's my husband. He also, Daniel and I, but also Kara and I have admitted to on this podcast, liking Christian hip hop, you know, um, and yeah. it is one of those things where you're like, well, what place does that have in the church? Well, the answer is probably none, but the church yeah. can listen to that and, and, and enjoy it. I think, I think our generation has been maybe captured in a sentimental way by how good the music was in the last Mm. two decades. And, and we're just starting to now think about, wait, what were we actually talking about here? Like, what what are we actually, what are we raising our hands for? Who are we raising our hands to? And like some of the stuff we brought up in the Hillsong episode, are we being, are we being manipulated? Like, is this a movie score? Or are we actually responding to the truth of the text in which we just read or what we're about to read or et cetera, et cetera. Those things we're just starting to evaluate. And I think that's why you are starting to see so many different outlets, whether it's podcasts or blogs or, you know, whatever it might be coming out of namely our Our generation, generation. people saying, Mm -hmm. wait a minute, hold the phone. What are we talking about here? So I do think that it is that it is an interesting place we're in to answer the question we asked you for myself. I think I think we are in a good place, but we're still kind of 
we're in a good place, like maybe objectively, even though it might feel a little murky and a little bit tough to have right. these discussions. Um, life, life is so, so much like a pendulum, right? Like, you know, the people, mm-hmm. so when I was in ministry, one of my most frustrating demographics were the people that came from the great awakenings, the Billy Graham crusades, all like not the great, yeah. like those people that were like, just come to the front. Who wants to accept Jesus? I do. I'm not going to change anything about my life, but I do. Right. And then, yeah. Those people were so frustrating because uh, like we like one of I think John Piper once said he's actually from Greenville where I'm where I live and he was like I can't do ministry in the south so he went up north he was like at least those people know they're lost the people Mm. in the south think they're saved but they're Mm. actually lost Mm. and so he left the south because he was like I can't do this and I totally get it those people were so frustrating Mm. because I'm a Christian because I, I did I was a part of the Billy Graham Crusades and I came to faith I'm like that doesn't matter and so then there was the pendulum of those people really being like, okay, you know, I need to change the view. If they were right, they would then get really serious about stuff. And I think we're in the pendulum for our generation, right? We, we, all of us were in youth groups singing Hillsong. Every single one of us were, were singing Hillsong when we were younger. It's just part of it. Look, it's part of our faith journey mm-hmm. for better or for worse. I'm actually very thankful for the, for those worship pastors or worship leaders who at least chose like the better of the hill song yeah. songs yeah. that I was part of. Like I'm really thankful, and I think they should, as 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 much as we want to like you know, cry wolf about this stuff. I'm thankful that those guys chose at least like not the father, right? And they chose they weren't just like this is the cool hill song song. They chose the good ones um, mm-hmm. that I think have stood a little more of time. But you're right, we're in a, we're in the other side of the pendulum now, mm-hmm. of those same people who who experienced that now being like okay. This is the reality. And I think the difference, though, is this is why I think you guys do it really well, is in pendulistic kind of scenarios, it's a temptation of the other side to then go, you cannot be in that side anymore. Mm. And if you are completely wrong, you know it. And I got to let you know it every time we interact. <laughs> right. I think the hope is as you go to another side of the pendulum, you encourage the other side to come to where you're at. But you have to remember you were once there and yeah. things are pendulistic. And so people are going to end up here eventually. So mm. I, I think to answer your original question, I have hope for where we're going mm-hmm. because we're, I think we are in a pendulum swing and I think more people are going to come to to care more about the theology for songs that they're singing on Sundays. I do. I think as yeah. well, like in the early 2000s with all of this music, there was kind of another swing, which was more like we have our own music now and we don't need the old stuff and yes. the old stuff's rubbish and it's boring and we've got this great new stuff and it's so well produced. And I think, again, that's coming back a bit where we're beginning to see the new stuff may be well produced, but it's not always great. And actually having a blend of the old and new is a better yeah. solution. Yeah, that was I, me. I, I literally yeah. told, I was picking songs for my uh, school. I went to a private Christian school. We had chapel. I was picking songs. And I was only picking like Hill Song and stuff. And yeah. one of the girls who was our piano player was like, let's do in Christ alone. I was like, I don't do hymns. Man, I would, <laughs> I'd smack myself now. But then I went only hymns, right? Then I wrote yeah. like, and then I was I meant, I was fighting with my pastor because he was like, I want, let's do a little bit more contemporary music. I was like, no, you just want to, you just want to manipulate people on a Sunday. You just want a fast song because you think that's what we should do. And blah, blah. This and carnal like, music. Oh. <laughs> right. And so I, I was on both sides at one point. And mm-hmm. I like, I feel a bit ambiguous, not ambiguous, more nuanced now. I feel more mm-hmm. balanced. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think I, it's, I, I, Sorry, go ahead, Cara. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think it's good to not throw something out just because it's one or the other, but to use your discernment yeah. in what you're 
yes. what you're singing, regardless of where it comes from. Amen. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was going to say, I'm just been really encouraged because this is totally not my tradition to see more and more churches embrace him singing. Um, of course, there were always, even even in the 2000s, there were always kind of like modern remixes, remasterings of like kind of the popular psalms. Um, but to see right. more psalm singing in contemporary church, I don't know if I just said psalm singer or hymn singing, but I meant psalm singing um, in, in churches is really exciting because I think you do have a better blend now because we're not saying out out with the new in with the old we're saying hang on we probably overreacted a bit with and and maybe we're hypnotized by how wonderful the music was in the 2000s and the 2010s but we're forgetting a rich tradition um of singing the good old hymns quote unquote and also the bible so singing the Psalms is kind of cool. And that's why, you know, we had um, Matthew David Montgomery on who has his uh, Psalms for singing album. And it's really good. It's tunes that, you know, um, it's just, it's really easy to sing. And, you know, I've just seen a lot more. And even some of our listeners have told us, which has been completely like we've been blown away by it. But some of our listeners have said, oh, we sang a Psalm this Sunday because we've been challenged to incorporate psalm singing. So I do really feel like there's a balance yeah coming into play and and it'll only last for so long because as you said that pendulum's going to swing. Um it is the constant frustration of reading the Bible as you see that it just goes back and just forth every you're like, time. Yeah, you're like those Israelites, how come how could they be so stupid and then you look in a mirror and you're like, "Oh. <laughs> That's how." Um or Peter so, Literally yeah. just the life of Peter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I do think we're in a good place. But I guess we kind of touched on the next question a little bit already. What would you say, what would you identify, if you can, were some of the mistakes that we made kind of in how we approached music in the 2010s and the 2000s, the aughts and the 10s, mm. however you want to say it? Um, and do you think we're improving Um yeah. Mm, that's good. I'm saving my hot take for the bonus because I have a hot take. So if you guys want to listen to the hot, you need to be a subscriber. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, your Great plug. And if you haven't subscribed and you're listening to this, you missed it and you got to wait. I know. I'm, I'm going sa- to sa- save my... So I think one problem we've experienced, the mistake is where we... And I was a part of this. Where we viewed each other in as churches um by the uh, by how we executed sunday morning and it's a hint mm. to my hot take later how we executed sunday morning in the philosophy and we constantly looked at the other other churches like well mm. that's the big church so back down in, uh, up in virginia there was a church that was very it was basically like a hill song right mm. super super productiony millions of dollars into the production quality right and fog we, machine the blend yes yeah <laughs> We were the blend church. Actually, when you're watching the Hillsong documentary, Wave Church, I went there. I saw Hillsong at Wave Church. They came. Oh, they, okay. were, they did a concert there. Um, <laughs> anyway, and I went to it. Um, but the it was like a Wave Church since you've watched mm-hmm. the documentary car. You know, so it was like a Wave Church, big, very productioning. And then we were kind of like the blend. And then there were other churches that were more like traditional. 
right? Mm -hmm. And I, I had friends and pastors from all those churches, but what was so frustrating, and I think we, we still do this, but definitely was as churches were starting to move up and move out and increase influence and stuff, we would, we would like talk out of both sides of our mouth to each other. Oh mm -hmm. yeah, we're united and we're brothers. But we always would look, we would look down at each other because of preferential mm. differences mm. and philosophical differences. Mm. And we, we bred that into our churches. And so we, we made our churches silos and places where people would throw stones at another person. Like, well, you can't obviously be a Christian that's mature if you go to that church because mm. the music is like this. And either way, right? Like, mm. so if it's an old stuffy church, you'd be like, well, you can't be a mature Christian because you're just like, you're just, you think fundamental equals fidelity. You think tradition, traditional equals fidelity. You think just because you do, mm. old, like you said, the old good hymns, the good old hymns, you're therefore the mature Christian, anyone who does other, right? And we let, we let that influence the way we interacted with each other as, as ministers of music. And, and I think mm. that was an approach to worship that we shouldn't have done. It should have been, like you, like you guys have been saying, we quote from, from the word, right? And then just remember, we're still brothers and sisters in Christ and, and we can have fellowship. And, and, and so we created, we created worship teams that were established on difference, not unity in Christ, right? Like we don't do that music here. And, mm. you know, and when people would say, hey, can we do these songs? Like we don't do that music here. And that mm. was, it was more how we're different from each other than how yeah. we're, we're alike. Uh, and yeah. I think, I think we're getting better now because COVID really punched us in the face as far as like at the end of the day, those, those opinions, while they have merit, don't matter in the grand scheme of our lives in our relationship mm. with Christ. Like when we stopped being able to fellowship with each other on a Sunday morning, we realized how much time we spent focusing on the negative or the differences right and mm. back together how many times did people when they got back together when you were worshiping together were you like okay but let's just make sure we're not doing that song right you were like i'm just so happy we get to sing we get yeah. to sing together this is great <laughs> the first right like it just the, yeah, you, you go care i was just say? gonna say the first time we were back in church to be fair we weren't actually legally allowed to be in church <laughs> but anyway we were back and uh we sang um I think it was Christ, our hope in life and death. I was, honest to goodness, nearly in tears. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you rem like you were forced to come to grips with the reality. At the end of the day, it's Christ is your only hope in life yeah. and in death. Mm. And it's not that you don't sing these songs or you do sing these songs or you sing mm. only Psalters and hymns, right? It, your hope mm. was Christ. And that was it. And I love that the Lord blessed and benefits through this pandemic because mm. it forced people to kind of reevaluate and reorient their their whole view um mm. and i think we've come out stronger as a yeah. result in a lot of the mature churches i think the mature churches who utilized the pandemic as an opportunity to be humbled and reoriented towards the like you're saying who christ is as our only hope in life and death have have really come out strong on the other end um but i think there are some churches who doubled down and yeah as a result have gone the opposite and so we've got pendulum we got the wide gap but i think that was the one of the biggest mistakes was we we made the wrong thing we made the right thing the wrong thing in our lives and in our yeah. ministries and, and, and encouraged people to think that way and then I, i'm thinking the lord was smacked us in the face with the pandemic you like, know you're this this book keeps coming up and i'm 
I'm going to kick myself for not knowing the exact title or the author, but it's a book and you probably know it. It's called like finding the right hills to die on. It's by somebody who's smart. Um, But he is, uh, he's basically outlining like, Oh, Gavin Ortland. Is it Gavin Ortland? Finding the right hills to die on the case for fringe theological fringe. Yeah, and, and, and what you said there made me think of this book for multiple Gosh. reasons, because in general, the church, we we need to find the right hills to die on. And and there's things, and my, my husband always says when we're recommending this book to someone, like, look, there's things in there we would totally disagree with him on, mm-hmm. but we think his approach is, is good and, and I think God honoring to say, here are the things that are most important in order for us to be married, for us to right. do church on a Sunday together, for us to um, n- to partner with other churches, for us yeah. to network in a conference, et cetera, et cetera. And the, and the circles get bigger and bigger um, because we should be people of conviction, mm. but I think we should understand which hills we should be dying on for what reason. And I think going back to what you just said there, I think the most heartbreaking thing that I've ever seen both outside of and inside of ministry is when people will leave a church or join a church because of the music. Mm-hmm. I think, wow, if this is not peak consumerism, I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. Because at the end of the day, if you ha- if you are part of a of a of a sound church you know in 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 that the the minister is striving for imperfectly but striving to teach and to pastor his church um in the way that the lord has laid out for him but you just don't like the music shouldn't that be something you should wrestle with with your local church and be humbled by whatever flavor ice cream your church happens to serve on a Sunday morning. And that it's actually been a big challenge to me. And I think I've said it on this show before, because I did come from a church that did music the way I liked it. Mm. We, you know, we had, we had a full band, we had vocal harmonies, we had mics and no, it wasn't a show, but it was, it was our best effort at good music. And then I moved to Scotland where most of the churches I attended had one person playing either piano or guitar and and they weren't miked and it was just the congregation. I mean, a handful of churches I've been to um, in visiting don't, don't have music at all. And that was just a challenge. The challenge was yeah. instead of thinking like a musician, oh, ooh, wait, that transition wasn't great, or oh, man, that person's vocals aren't the bomb or whatever. I just had to, like, sit back and go, oh, it's not about me. <laughs> it's really not. Yeah. Like, what? who are we singing to? Who are we praising? And the challenge that's, even though we've had, um, Cara and I have had, different journeys and we've kind of landed in the same spot where we are now where we could host a podcast together. Um, you know, I, I didn't have that history with hymns. 
So it was just a total culture shock to come and be in that situation. Mm-hmm. It was just total culture shock. And I think that was good for me. I'm not, I'm, I'm, this might sound like a humble brag. I, I swear, this is like the Holy Spirit humbling me because I did not like this flavor of ice cream. And now I love it. Now it's one of my favorite flavors because I realized that it's not actually about how much I like the flavor. It's about who God is. So yeah. that, and you bring up a good point because you know, I've, I've enjoyed, I just, I play electric guitar on my worship team and it's great. I don't make the decisions for songs. I can disagree with songs. Half the time I just mess what we're a part of a pretty big church. Well, lots of campuses they care Mm. a lot they're very intentional it's actually a really good healthy massive church but they like the worship leader doesn't pick the songs there's a global team that disseminates them and he can decide whether or not like hey i don't that's not going to fit as far as like timing and stuff or personnel um but it's been really nice to just not even have a, a a dog in the race as far as like responsibility for the songs and i can just say okay these are the songs that were picked for us this week and it's my responsibility to respond in a godly, mature way as mm. I worship, right? Regardless of whether or not I like, I don't like the song where it's, oh, it's a hill song, right? At the end <laughs> of the day, like you're saying, this is the flavor of ice cream I'm being served. And I just need to remember who's, who I'm worshiping. And then when I'm playing, just enjoy using my to glorify the Lord, not, I don't like this song, so I'm not going to mm. play as well. Like it, it just, yeah, it's like, it's not about me. I love mm. that. I love it. It's such a great point. Yeah. We moved from a church that had like a full band to a church where they had an old electric organ that sounded terrible. When I was about 10 or 11, I'd never learned to sit through a sermon or anything. And like Monet, it was a really, really horrible transition. Like I would tantrum about going to church. My poor parents, they were so patient with me. But yeah, nothing ever changed. In the 10 years we were there, nothing changed music wise. But by the grace of God, yeah. I changed <laughs> and I got to the point where I was just like the music that I love musically I'll just listen to it in my own time like the things I prefer I can have a playlist I can listen to those while I'm at school or while I'm mm. doing my thing and right. on Sunday we come and we worship God and we don't focus on uh that weird key change that we do between the verses yeah. Yeah. it's a, it's a, uh, um it's a southern phrase that my wife learned when she was younger, but it's you get what you get and you don't pitch. Yes, it's a good one. And it's Sorry, true. say like, that again. I, what is it? You you get what you get and you don't pitch a fit. Ah, oh, I love it. <laughs> and it's if more people just adopted that into the mentality on a Sunday morning, how much better would Sunday morning go? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. And I think this kind of maybe transitions to our last question for you. But um one of the things that we didn't touch on, but um, but we did speak about with um, with Matt Boswell when he was on our show or maybe before the show, I don't remember. It all blurs together, is pastors, like preaching pastors writing hymns. And I think our contemporary music has moved away from that tradition and is kind of swinging sort of back, it's that pendulum swinging back. Um, it's nothing wrong with being a professional songwriter. Uh, I think that the Lord has gifted who he's gifted and that's it. Right. But I think there was at least a wonderful tradition in the UK, for example, um, in the U S as well of pastors 
writing hymns. And that changes the game a bit because not only is it not about you, uh, but now it's very intentionally about this service, which is in a way an offering to the Lord. Don't at me. I'm just, I'm using metaphorical language, but it's an, it's an offering to the Lord in that we're coming together corporately and we're part of this corporate worship service event, whatever you want to call it. Right. And the hymns of praise that we're singing are in direct correlation with the, the, the passage that the pastor has been pouring over mm-hmm. for at least a week, if not weeks or months of mm-hmm. study, you know, and that is just such a wonderful thing that I think we kind of got wrong for a little bit. And then we're kind of like, oh, that's why things moved so far away from the truth. It's because mm. the people writing the hymns got so far away from the truth. <laughs> and now they're yeah. swinging back. And you're starting to see more and more of this kind of pastor hymn writer combo, um, yeah. which I think I, I pray becomes more of a thing. Um, so, yeah. It's, yeah, you're really making me want to do my hot take now. I'm not going to no, do my hot no, take. No, no, you now. have to do- save it. <laughs> Just I'm hold on a little longer. <laughs> um, no, I, you bring up a great point because it's it's true. We, but it's interesting though. The charismatic Pentecostal sides: Stephen Furtick from Elevation, Bill Johnson from Bethel. They all are credited on their songs that come out. Now I don't know if they actually sit in the room when they write, or they are uh, just say like I'm I'm the pastor, so my name has to be on it. I don't know, but. It's interesting that you see a lot of their names on there, and then, but you're right, it's like what you're saying is, especially in the on the table, right? So on the other side of that, with this formed, you know, in liturgy and structured churches and ecclesiology, um, they are the pastor doesn't touch music, like he mm-hmm. may have an opinion, and it's just okay. We hire the worship, you handle it. But then there's yeah. this really, this is this is not my hot take, but this is one of my frustrations with the, with the church on that is like you value music. You you basically want another head lead pastor, but musical. They're always like, there has to be a shepherd. He has to care a lot about theology, but he also has to be very gifted. He can't be an okay guitarist. He has to be a proficient guitarist. Remember when I was looking at jobs and it was like, they have to be proficient in this. You also have to know the latest technologies, or if you don't, like, you have to at least have good technological knowledge. It's just like, what do you, you're not even that. You're... <laughs> You're a guy who spends hours reading the Bible. Maybe a mature believer. Like your job is to preach the word and to care for your your sheep. Asking this guy to not only do that through song, but also be super proficient and all these things. And so there's this like, so and I think it's because like you said, we've divorced the pastor from being engaged and actively thinking about songs and writing music and thinking about the church through song that he just is like, okay, well, that's, I can't handle that. So I'm gonna put that on someone else. But if I'm gonna put that on someone else, they at least have to be all that, right? And so then you're getting, like you're saying, you're getting these two different people getting songs. Yeah. Do you think, so in in the Hillsong episode, Monet mentioned about beauty. Was that in the episode? Yes, we it were was. Talking, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know our episodes better than we do. <laughs> it's hard to know because we talk so much to each other off camera that I'm like, is that just something we spoke to each other about or is it on a show? But do you think perhaps I've found sometimes with reformed people, 
Um, there's this hesitancy to touch things like creativity and beautiful things because there's this kind of perspective that we don't want to get our hands dirty with that because it can be worldly. Beauty's a worldly thing. It's vain right. and all those, that sort of thing. So do you think maybe this handing off the music to something else is kind of almost like a, a relic of that mindset where it's like we want this to be done well and we know it should be done well, but I still kind of feel like I have to distance myself from it. That's a, mm. that's, that's a question. Um, I don't Sorry, know. Sorry, that wasn't on our list. I just thought I'd ask. <laughs> no, it's a, no, it's a great it. question. I think it's mo very faceted. I think there's an element of um, laziness from the pastorate in the sense of like time to think about this and, and mm. priorities. I don't have the time or I don't want to be the guy that's over planning a server from sermon to song, right? The entire time. So it's good to have someone else to do it, right? Delegation. Um, mm -hmm. I think, yes, in general, in, in our reformed circles of review, our, our reformed liturgical circles, right? We stray away from that because of guilty by association. Uh, you know, like, well, I don't want to, if I'm known as someone who's pursuing the beauty more and the creativity and the artistic side, will I be considered basically Hillsong Elevation? But like, mm -hmm. like it's just, I don't want to get too close to that side because I don't want people to think that. Um, mm. pendulum as well, you know, people respond in a pendulistic way, right? So yeah. that's not good. So am I going to be all the way over here and go, mm. I'm just avoid it, which, mm. so I think it's, I think it's a lot of facets. I think it's a lot of variables there, but I don't, I don't think you're far from the truth. I think you're, you're getting, you're pretty close in that. I think it is, um, all those elements of we, we want that because it's valuable in our faith. Like the Lord has made the earth and everything in it pretty daggone full. Just look at a sunrise over mountains or look at a sunrise or sunset over the water. And you're like, mm. beautiful. That's pretty great. That makes people want to sing. Right. Or just, mm. or times of the year. Why do mm. people become, you know, pleasant around Christmas? Right. Like it's <laughs> just, there's elements that become that influence us that are beautiful, artistic, creative things. And we are, we are created individuals who are also creative. And so um, I, I wonder if what you're touching on is a repression of that nature mm. in our lives and refocusing of it to someone else or, or just, yeah, we don't, we just can't be that way because yeah. we are not at group, you know, that's a really good question, Cara. It's great. Sorry. <laughs> Why are you? I just said it was great. If I had said it was bad, I'm British. I can't help it. I'm yeah, sorry. You should know she's British. She's got to say that. Um, Joel, we want to have you on for another four and a half hours, but we're totally out of time. Uh, but before we go, where is the best place for our listeners to find you? Yeah. Uh, if you want to follow the podcast, Instagram place, I post most of my content there. Um, Theology of Music um, is the handle. Uh, buymeacoffee.com slash Theology of Music is a place to support. And if you support, you get access to full loads. So I do... Typically, my guest episodes are about an hour or so, and I'll put 30 minutes, a little bit, have, have half of that behind a paywall. Just like you said, I, I can't have an hour long. I'm not Joe Rogan. I can't <laughs> do four hours and people don't want to listen to it. So I do 30 Maybe. and then I put, we'll see. That would be nice. Uh, but I time. put some behind a paywall and then I also put the full video, right? So I just do audio nice. uh, that's available, but I do full video, full audio behind the paywall for people. Nice. So buymeacoffee.com slash music. And then if you know, 
I'm a songwriter and my friend and I have been writing songs um, for a couple years now and we're releasing a couple of singles this year, but the, it's The Grace Collective. You have to have the, the Grace Collective. If you don't, yeah. you've, you find <laughs> some weird, yeah, you find some weird EDM <laughs> youth group band from Ohio. Oh, no. It's weird. So The Grace Collective, um, best song to listen to off that album, uh, off of the entire catalog is probably overall. It's basically mm. one to song um but yeah that's where you can find me instagram theology music you can dm look if you want to dm me and say you hated this episode that's totally fine <laughs> slide into my dm mac me in the face i'll take it well we we'll- definitely enjoyed having you on that is for sure was, it was an honor i was gonna say we'll put all those links below so if you're like what did he say i can't remember it then just click on the link in the description you'll get there yes. we'll have you stick around to do our bonus question which we've been hinting so hard at but if you are listening and you're not already subscribed to our free weekly newsletter then you have completely missed out so sorry you're gonna have to wait an unknown amount of time to get access to it on youtube <laughs> Free, free, web, uh, free newsletter subscribers don't have to wait. They they get it right away. So don't don't make that mistake next week. Sign up today. But until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Bye. Bye. See you guys.